Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 5 and In Matthew chapter 5, Matthew starts one of the most epic sermons in history, and we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to last for around three chapters, so it's going to take several podcasts to get through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and I don't know exactly how how I'm going to break it down, just at how much detail I'm going to give in the Sermon on the Mount. It may stay surface. I don't know. We'll see. But the Sermon on the Mount is where people heard Jesus' teachings and, and they just marveled at his authority because they were used to hearing the religious leaders uh, giving out Old Testament scriptures and they would they would say something like this, uh, Moses said this or Moses taught this. In other words, they would use these Old Testament scriptures because Moses wrote the Pentateuch, right? He wrote, he was in the presence of God. God gave him the law for the Jew the Jewish race or the Jew, Jewish people, and and so they had a ton of respect for Moses, and so they would they would teach in the authority of Moses. Even in the synagogues, there was a, a seat in the front uh, for a place of honor where the guests would would come, who were going to be the speakers, and they would sit in a, a seat called Moses's seat, or the seat of Moses, and. The Matthew chapter 5, part 1. Here we go in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, it's it starts one of the most epic sermons in the history of man, uh, and we typically call it the Sermon on the Mount, and it's going to go for uh, several chapters here, um, and I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to uh, break it down just yet and how much detail I'm, I'm going to get in the Sermon on the Mount because there's a ton of great lessons in it, but the Sermon on, on the Mount is where the people would gather around and they, they would hear Jesus' teachings and they marveled at his authority because they're used to hearing uh, a, a teacher. They're used to hearing a religious leader talking or teaching in the authority of Moses using the Old Testament scriptures. I mean, if you think about it, the Jews had great respect for Moses because he was in the presence of God on Mount Sinai. God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments, and, and then Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, uh, which is called the Pentateuch, which contains uh, the law for uh, the Jews. And and so they had a ton of respect for Moses, and, and there was actually a seat in the synagogue called uh, Moses' seat. Uh, and it was a place of honor for the guests who came and spoke in the synagogues. Um, but then Jesus comes along, and, and, and they, these people are used to hearing, okay, 
We're using Old Testament scriptures and the religious leaders are teaching by the authority of Moses. Moses said this or Moses taught that. And then Jesus pops up on the scene and, and, and Jesus is saying something different. He's not saying things like the other teachers would say. He's not saying Moses said or I'm teaching you with Moses' authority because he would say Moses said to you, but I say to you, which means I have even a greater authority than Moses. And the people just marveled at Jesus' authority. One thing that people don't realize about the Sermon on the Mount is the Sermon on the Mount was not being preached to a crowd of people. Yes, there were crowds of people that gathered when Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And yes, the crowds heard what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was teaching, but Jesus was not teaching the sermon, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, to the crowd. He was actually teaching his disciples. And a crowd just happened to gather and they heard his teaching and what he was saying to his disciples. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, One day while he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. Taught who? His disciples. His disciples are the antecedent of who was being taught or who had gathered around him. And he began to teach them. Who? The disciples. The crowd just happened to gather around and could hear what Jesus was saying. And so Jesus starts out with what we call the Beatitudes. And the reason why they're named the Beatitudes is because they start out with the word blessed or blessed. Blessed are those who, and fill in the blank. Most people translate this word as happy. Um, that's a decent translation, but uh, I believe it could be translated better. Um, the New Living Translation translates it like this. God blesses those who. Um, and when you read these Beatitudes, they really seem opposite. Because they do, they sound weird. They, they seem opposite as to what we think of about when we're thinking about being happy. Uh, we think of all this great stuff that we can do or that we can buy, that we can acquire, that's going to make us happy, Right. And, and what Jesus says in the Beatitudes, it, it just sounds weird. Like, how is this going to make me happy? But when we think of living a Christian life and striving to be like Jesus, this is how these Beatitudes is how Jesus lived. It's what he modeled for us. And he was blessed, if you will, by God. And so in Matthew chapter 5, 3 through 11 Jesus says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, it, 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 blessed are the poor in spirit. We don't want to be poor, and we don't want to be poor in spirit. We, we want to be rich, and, 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 and we want you know great things or good things. And, but this just sounds opposite. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We don't want to, I mean, who wants to be a crybaby all the time? 
But Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. See, it just sounds opposite of what we would think. If you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed, then be happy. You know, go do stuff that's going to, uh, you know, pep your spirits up. Because you don't want to be poor in spirit either. But that's what Jesus says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And we're thinking, yeah, the gentle, they're going to get pushed around. They're going to get beat up. But that's what Jesus says. Blessed are the gentle, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Righteousness just simply means right doings. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, who want to do what is right, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And who wants that? We want to be loved. We want to be liked. We don't want to be hated. We don't want people to persecute us. We don't want people to insult us. We don't want people to talk falsely about us and talk about evil and, and try to make us out to be some uh, uh, heathen or whatever, you know, some terrible person. Um, we want people to talk good about us. We want them to say good things about us. But Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of him, because of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets, who were before you. But you got to remember, he's talking to his disciples. He had just recently chose these disciples. And so he is beginning to pour himself into these men. And when he's telling them these beatitudes, is what we call them, when we break these beatitudes down, here's, here's the beatitudes in a nutshell. Jesus is basically saying, in my opinion, life is hard. Life is difficult because man is fallen. We live in a fallen world and sin has entered in. But if we live with heaven in mind, one day we will be blessed because we will be there with Jesus in heaven and we will be with God God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit for eternity. Because we strive, or at least we should strive, to be like Jesus every day, right? But there will be times when we're challenged, and we're going to drop the ball. It's just going to happen. But don't be discouraged. Don't just say, well, I can't do this. I can't be like Jesus. I just blow it. I just mess up way too many times. Yes, we're sinners. We're going to mess up. It's just the way, the way life goes. But don't give up. Pick up the pieces. Pick up where you left off, where you made the mistake. Ask for forgiveness. 
and move on. Keep going forward. Because there's only one perfect person that ever lived on this earth and walked on this earth, and that was Jesus. And guess what? We're not Jesus. We strive to be like Jesus, but we're not Jesus. We're going to fail a lot. But don't quit. Don't give up. Continue to strive to be like Jesus. Pick up where you left off. Ask for forgiveness and keep moving forward. We're going to make mistakes again and again. But our main goal is what? Heaven. And our goal is to be like Jesus each and every day. And that is a process. It does not happen overnight. It takes time. Salvation happens immediately. Transformation takes time. Jesus took a bunch of fishermen. Think about this. Jesus takes a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of tax collectors, a bunch of average, everyday, ordinary dudes just like you and me. And he's going to pour himself out into these men and teach them for over three years to be like him and to know what God wants and how how God wants them to live. And you know what? They still blew it even after they were filled with the holy spirit in acts chapter 2 they would still make mistakes i mean paul and peter got pretty heated paul and barnabas did get really heated and went their separate ways and they had been building churches together and starting churches together and they got so mad at one another over john mark they parted ways so just because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, just because Paul has seen Jesus, just because Peter had the keys of the kingdom, they still made mistakes. When when Peter was eating with uh, the Jews and the Gentiles came, or he was eating with the Gentiles and some Jews came in the room, he deserted the Gentiles and went and ate with the Jews. And Paul says, look, I got in his face and let him know all about that he was wrong for doing what he did. So just because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and just because they walked with daily uh, with Jesus daily, does not mean the apostles never made any mistakes. They made plenty of mistakes. So make it your focus to become more like Jesus. And when you mess up, just shake it off, man, and and keep trying. You you pick up where you messed up, ask for forgiveness, and and keep moving forward with heaven in mind. In verse 13, Jesus says to his, remember he's talking to his disciples. He's not talking to us. He's not talking to the crowd. He's talking to his hand-picked disciples. We have to keep that in mind. But he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, these disciples know exactly what Jesus is referring to because salt was used back then for a lot of reasons, just like it is today. Two of the main reasons back then, and it's still the same way today. Two of the reasons being to preserve meat and to flavor food. If you think about it, they didn't have refrigerators back then. They didn't have freezers. So they would use salt as a way to preserve meat. And they would use salt, just like we do, to flavor their food. 
And for many years, I, I was a butcher for about nine years before I started Bible college. And uh, we used to get this meat called fatback. And it was a, just a like a two foot by three foot slab of meat off of a pig. And it would be just covered with, I mean, just thick covered in salt. And it'd come in a plastic bag, and you cut that plastic bag, and you you know you didn't want salt all over your uh, meat department, so you know you were real careful to take to, to cut the plastic away, and then we, we would cut that up into chunks and sell it in fatback, and people would uh, use it uh, to cook with and eat, uh, and stricoline stuff like that. It came with salt as well, but not like the fatback. Um, but that that salt that came all over that fat back it preserved that meat it preserved that fat back and if you had any cuts on your hands man they would just burn like fire from the salt and so jesus told his disciples those hand-picked disciples right he said you are the salt of the earth and if you're one of those disciples you, you could be asking the question you you mean we give the world flavor how, how can we give the world flavor, Jesus? We're just a bunch of ordinary guys who, who you picked out of nowhere to follow you. We're just fishermen. That's all we know is how to fish. We know the Sea of Galilee like the back of our hand. We know where to go and catch fish, and we know how to make money with our fish. We know how to take care of our families with our family business. We are just a bunch of tax collectors. We have cheated people out of money. We're just some guys who work jobs for a living to take care of our family. So how are we salt? How can we be the salt of the earth? All we know is what's here around us in Galilee. So what have we done to give flavor to the earth? We're a bunch of nobodies. We're just ordinary dudes. And Jesus says, you are salt. You have flavor and will be flavor to the whole earth. And at the time Jesus said that to them, it wouldn't make any sense, really. Um, but looking back 2,000 years, now that we have the end of the story, right? We have God's word, completed word. We can see, literally see, the flavor that these men had and still have on the earth today because they would take the message of the gospel the the death burial and resurrection of jesus to the ends of the earth and they would preserve jesus's teachings for us today just like salt preserves meat right they would preserve jesus's teachings for us today and for future generations in and of themselves they were just ordinary dudes like you and me but when they decided to be obedient to God's will, and that's key, they, you know, Jesus called them, and they. And we just looked at this in the last podcast or two. Uh, Jesus would, was going down the Sea of Galilee, down the edge of the water, and he sees uh, Peter and Andrew fishing. Hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And while they do, they were obedient. They immediately followed Jesus. They left their family business. They quit catching fish, and, and they went with Jesus. 
And then there's James and John on down the way a little bit, down the shore a little bit. And, and they're fishing, or they're mending their nets with their, uh, their father Zebedee. Jesus says, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They leave, they leave Zebedee in the boat. They leave him with the nets to repair the nets. And they take off with Jesus. They were obedient. But they were just ordinary, everyday, average Joes who fished for a living. And, and they decided that they would be obedient to God's will. And when they were obedient to God, they were filled with this Holy Spirit. Jesus put the Holy Spirit inside of them. And he would, put, he would team them up and send them out into villages. And they could work miracles. And they would preach the kingdom of God is here. And, and they were going to these Jewish uh, people in these, in these villages and, and preaching this message and working these miracles and casting out demons and healing the sick doing all these awesome things. They, they became salt, if you will, just like Jesus said. But they were just ordinary, everyday people until they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, until they had been with Jesus. They became salt. And at any point, I'm thoroughly convinced, and you may disagree with me, and that's fine, but at any point, any of those 12 men could have made the choice to walk away from Jesus and said, I don't want no more of this. But you know what? They never did that. They gave everything they had for Jesus. They gave everything they had to spread the message of the gospel, including their lives. They did not want to lose their flavor. They did not want to lose their saltiness. They wanted to be effective for the kingdom and not become worthless, being thrown out and trampled on. And that's exactly what they did. They became salt, and they remained salty. So here's what I want you to hear before we uh, end this podcast today. Without Jesus, without Jesus, we are ordinary. And without Jesus, we don't really have a purpose. Sure, you know, we, we may have some goals, and we may have accomplished some some great things. Um, we may have a great job. We may make a lot of money, actually. But you know what? It's Without Jesus, it's all worthless. It's all pointless. It has no flavor. Jesus is saying to you and to me, follow me and let me work through you. Let me turn your ordinary life into an extraordinary life life extraordinary life he wants to use you and he wants to use me to accomplish great things for the kingdom of god because he sees the potential in you and in me and he can take our talents he can take our abilities and he can reach all kinds of people all over the earth because he knows there's people you can reach that i can't reach there's people that I can reach that would never listen to you in, in, in a moment's time, but they'll listen to me. And so when we work together and we are a willing vessel and we are willing to allow God to use us, that's exactly what he will do. And we will be salt for his kingdom all over the earth. But the problem is, in my opinion, is that we have become used to, we, are, we have become used to being ordinary. 
We're, we're satisfied with ordinary. We're good with being the average Joe, and the kingdom of God is not a major goal for us to accomplish anymore. We, we hardly ever think about it. Oh, yeah, you know, our, our bills are paid. Um, we live a quiet life. We may go to church every now and then. You know, uh, we watch it online if we miss a service. Um, and unfortunately, we're satisfied with that. And, and take a look at the church today. Not being negative, but just take a look at the church today. The church is full of average, ordinary Joes who do not have the kingdom of God as a major goal in their life. It's just something that sits on the shelf and they pick it up and look at it every now and then like an old trophy. We're used to being ordinary and the church is because of men who who do not have Jesus the first place in their life that Jesus is not the most important person in their life that he's way back there on the back burner somewhere it is because of men who have gotten used to being ordinary the church is weak and has lost a lot of power churches aren't influencing their communities anymore oh there's a handful that may be a little bit that million dollar budgets but you take a look at the church in the book of Acts, the early church, and the impact that it made upon those communities. I mean, they were saying, these people have come to turn our world upside down. And it's not like that today. Men, men like you and me, we have become ordinary and we have become satisfied with the ordinary. And you know who's not ordinary? The enemy. The enemy is not ordinary. Matter of fact, the enemy is offering a counterfeit salt and people are eating it up, just can't get enough of it. Mm, let me salt my fries. Let me you know, salt my uh, potatoes. Let me salt my, my uh, rice. And it's all just counterfeit salt and we can't get enough i mean if you don't believe me just take a look at our society and the trash that is being paraded right in front of our faces being fed to our children and we're being told that we have to accept it that that's the way life is now and the enemy is saying come with me and make a difference come with me and spread this message of love of acceptance that, that you can fit in. And telling people, the enemy is telling people that they can identify with whatever they want to be. We were just talking the other day about how um, people are, are identifying as cats and they're having to put litter boxes in the bathrooms. Are you kidding me? Uh, I believe a teacher out in California got fired because they would not recognize a student as a cat. And, and so they were fired. But we're told that we have to accept it. We're told that we have to call, uh, if, if a person identifies as, as uh, something besides they're not, we, they've come up with over 70 different uh, pronouns. And, and we have to call them by a certain pronoun, even if they're not that kind of 
of person. And this stuff is being fed to our children. We got we got drag queens dancing provocative in front of our five year old children and six year old children, and and they're being uh, uh, shoved with this stuff all in their faces so they'll accept it and and they'll they'll be okay with it as they get older, and it, it it's counterfeit salt. And the enemy is saying, come with me and let's spread this message of love and acceptance and, and, and identify with whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it with. The enemy is offering tainted salt. And we have sat by as a church and let this happen over the years because we got used to being ordinary instead of extraordinary and we have let it happen and now it's out of control and it's getting worse every day and and, and we see stuff on the news we see stuff happen right in, in our communities and all we do as men is shake our heads and say something like oh this is pathetic what's this world coming to and my question to you is, what's that going to accomplish? How is that going to help anything? And while the ordinary men, while the ordinary men sit at home shaking their heads, the enemy is slinging false salt all over the earth, and, and, and we're just watching it happen. And I just want to say men, men of the church, men who have... Christ living inside of you, men who have been filled with God's Holy Spirit, quit being satisfied with being ordinary and be filled with the Spirit of God again and allow Him to use you, yes, you, who are under the sound of my voice to make a difference in this world. Be salt of the earth. Let God... Take your personality, your talents, and be used to spread the message about the real salt, which is Jesus. You don't have to be a preacher in a pulpit on Sundays, but you can still be the salt in your community. You can be the salt in your neighborhoods. You can be the salt at the card game on Friday nights with your buddies. You can be the salt at the car shows that you attend on the weekends or the football games you attend on the weekends or whatever. Whenever you're out with friends, when you're ever, whenever you're at work, whenever you're at the marketplace, you can still be salt. It's just allowing yourselves to be used by God. Matter of fact, every morning when I'm on my way to my first stop, my first store, I'm thankful for the day. I'm thankful that I'm able to get up and move about and have my being. But one thing that I pray on a daily basis, well, two things. Lord, give me opportunities to share Jesus. And the second thing is, when those opportunities come, give me the courage to, to fulfill them, to, to actually be obedient. Because when we pray prayers like that, Lord, I want you to work through me today. I want to be a willing vessel. You know what? He's going to use you. 
But if you're ordinary and you're used to being ordinary, you're not going to pray that prayer because you're satisfied with the way things are. And you're just going to sit back and watch the world go by and go to, to hell in a handbasket. And you're just going to shake your head and say, what's this world coming to? Well, it's coming to hell. That's where it's coming to. It's falling apart. And you're just standing by and watching it happen because you're used to being ordinary. Don't be used to being ordinary. Be extraordinary. Let God use you and work through you to make a difference in your world, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your friends, in your own family. I mean, think about this. Jesus took 12 sinful, ordinary people, men, just like you and me, and he literally changed the world. Their message is still making an impact over 2,000 years later. Not the men themselves, because they're dead and gone. But you know what's still around? The message. And the message is what I want to leave with you. The message of Jesus. Jesus is who makes the difference. Not you and me. But we have to allow Jesus to make a difference in us and through us. And it is Jesus. It is the power of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection uh, of Jesus that makes the difference. God says that his word will not go forth void. So when we speak God's word, it, it, it may not look like it at the time, but there's going to be seed planted and, and God's word is going to make a difference in somebody's life. But we have to be salt. We have to share God's word with people. If we just sit on it and not do anything, then that just means that, that we're, we're ordinary and we're used to being ordinary. While the enemy is out there being extraordinary and throwing out false salt, artificial salt, and duping a lot of people into following him. So all you have to do is be willing. Willing uh, uh, willing to allow God to use you. Because the power is in the message, not you. So don't come up with a bunch of excuses saying you can't do it. All I mean, this is literally all you have to do. If, if you're interested in a sport, just say... Uh, I got football going on in the background. Um, so I know a little bit about football. And if I know I'm, I'm around some, some guys and they're, they're talking about football, well, I can join in the conversation because I know a little bit about football. And, and so I'll, I got to find some way to work Jesus in that conversation about football. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. You just take what you know and you find a way to share Jesus in that conversation with somebody. We just have to be willing to allow God to use us. And when we are willing, He will absolutely give us opportunities. And when those opportunities come, we have to take advantage of those opportunities and step out in faith and be salt. We just have to be willing to share the message to share Jesus, to be salt. Are you willing to be salt or are you just going to be ordinary? God needs you to be 
extraordinary. God needs you to be filled with His Holy Spirit and to open your mouth and share His message so that He can work through you so that you can make a difference in your neighborhoods, in your community, in your home, to your family and to your friends, to your co-workers, to your church members that you go and sit with. Are you going to choose today to be salt? God bless you. Thank you for listening. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.